On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing the 1968 comic book turned sci-fi feature, Barbarella, starring Jane Fonda. Welcome to another episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I'm Brandon, and as always with me is your co-host, Colin. Hello, everyone. Cult Cinema Cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie podcast that finds Colin and myself discussing a film from cinema's past considered, but not limited, to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, every episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Today we're here to discuss the 1968 film Barbarella. Colin, can you give us a little plot synopsis of Barbarella? Uh, sure. I, I want to read it like the announcer did for the trailer because that was the most entertaining part of anything related to this movie was that voice. Here, here we go. In the far future, a highly sexual woman is assigned with finding and stopping the evil Duran Duran. Along the way, she encounters various unusual people. The film is directed by Roger Vadim, written by at least nine people, and stars Jane, <laughs> <laughs> stars Jane Fonda, Milo O'Shea, Anita Pallenberg, John Philip Law, Marcel Marceau, and David Hemmings. I the- love... I love that it's written by at least nine at people. Least there could be more. There's been up to 14, but only like nine attached names. Despite what the back of your box may say, the film is unrated, not rated PG. There is. A, I did read there's like a PG cut of it. Yes. That's like- In 1977, after Star Wars hit big, they re-released Barbarella, and it was retitled Barbarella, Queen of the Galaxy, cut things out to make a PG rendition of the film to sell to general audiences. And when it came to home video, though, it was the uncut version, but they kept the poster and the title and the rating that was on there for (laughs) the movie. But it included the booby shots at the beginning, all the sex in the movie. It was was the full unrated cut, but it Mm -hmm. was under the identity of this other cut. Yeah, the PG cut, yeah. Before we get into the discussion of the movie, we have some show notes for everyone. First off, thank you for those of you who listened to our first episode during the first day, first week, second week, or who maybe listened to it multiple times. Thank you so much. We appreciate it and all the enthusiasm that you showed us before and during. And if you haven't listened to it, uh, go back and listen to that show because that movie was a lot better than this movie. We have a Facebook page up so you can find us on Facebook. We're also on iTunes. We have a website now cultcinemacavalcade.com Coming soon, Twitter and email, they're on the way. And we love your feedback, your questions so right now, I guess contacting us through Facebook is the preferred method. Yeah, everyone I mean, everyone's got, everyone reluctantly has Facebook, you know so it's easy to get a hold of us. Don't worry about it. We use Facebook to get this podcast to you, so yeah. it's a necessary evil. <laughs> On to Barbarella. Colin, what was your experience with Barbarella before this viewing of it? I had watched it once before. I had the DVD for a long time, but I, I just didn't watch it. And then finally one night I got together with some people and I said, we're going to watch it. Let's check it out. And uh, we watched it and were greatly disappointed. Most of us, uh, it was just, it was a chore is what it was. And I I never thought I'd watch it again. I actually sold back um, the DVD I had. I thought I would never watch it again because I was so thoroughly unentertained by it. And then it turns out that it's on Netflix. So I didn't even need to own it. And unfortunately, I had easy access to it. so I So I got to watch it again. Hooray! 
I've once my first experience with this was catching it late night on TNT, not a part of Monster Vision. I I was in my teens, so seeing the opening of this movie was alluring, and I was like, oh, what's this? And it was some junky, hokey sci-fi movie, and I stayed up watching it as if I was going to see something. And I ended up, it was late at night, I ended up falling asleep. I never finished the movie. And then a few years ago, when it first, when it came to Blu-ray, it got announced. I was like, oh, that's... Something might be w- worth revisiting. Pick up Blind Buy. You know, it's a cult classic. I can ap- I appreciate those much more in my older age. And then, but I decided maybe I should watch it before blind buying it. And I watched it on I think a movie channel. Aired it. I DVR'd it. And I found myself. I watched it in the afternoon. I fell asleep to the movie. And then had to wake up and like rewind and fell asleep again. Rewind through getting through the movie. So yeah, I will I will hold off and leave you in suspense as to whether I fell asleep during this viewing or not. Towards the end. <laughs> but I was not amused. So maybe third time was a charm with Barbarella here. Uh, we'll dig into it to find out. So yeah, this movie is a big time cult classic. It's you'll find it on a lot of lists. It now stands with a seventy three percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes from critics. I don't understand that at all. Is not match up to what during release time. So it's been re, been reanalyzed. But let's Colin and I analyze it now ourselves. Movie opens on a ship in outer space. And we have a person in a big spacesuit that begins a striptease in a uh, shag carpet-laden uh, cockpit. Yeah, I thought when I saw shag carpet, I thought, how impractical is that for for a movie like this? Because going into it, you know that there's going to be space travel and there's going to be humping. At least that's what you know they were alluding to in the in the trailer. And I thought with with a cockpit that's just covered. And I do mean covered. Every inch of this thing is shag carpeting. That's not the kind of stuff that you want when there's all kinds of fluids floating around. That seems like it'd be a bad... Your, your cockpit's going to get matted with all kinds of sex fluids. Who who but, wants that? Think ahead, But as Barbarella. we find out later, that's not the case with the way sex is in the future on Earth. So it wouldn't matter. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Later we find out they take a pill and put their hands next to each other and are pleasured like that. So her cockpit would not have to reflect. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like if you've uh, seen Coneheads, the, the movie Coneheads, it reminds me of that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That's how they have sex. Very it's kind of like that. So she does this like strip tease with the, the credit letters covering, but not covering because you get to see nipples. Yeah, I, I wrote down four minutes in, there's nip. That's what I wrote down. These are Colin will be our Mister Skin statistics man here. Um, <laughs> well, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to document it because this is a movie that's supposed to be sexy and in space, and to me, sexy means nudity. That's how I was go, raised. Yes. So I, I expect yeah. to see it. She, yeah, she does a strip tease. You, you get to see Jane Fonda pretty much naked, not in any clear way. You kind of have to, while it's there in front of you, your eyes sort of have to work to find everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like if you blink, you miss it, but you do have to slightly focus. Like, okay, I saw it. I saw her nips. Okay, I did it. I, I've seen her naked now. Great. Like Jane Fonda was like, yeah, I'm going to just fully bear it out here. And then in the editing room, decide, no, maybe not. And then they, the editor was like, well, we don't have the coverage or the money to go reshoot. So you're going to have to bear places and we'll try to have the, the credits covered up. Yeah. Also, uh,. <sighs> The thing about the opening is, like you said, it's a sexy zero-G striptease. And the thing about that was, it's pretty clear how they did it. You know, it, it was nice that they weren't like, everything's like on strings and, you know, just, you know, bopping around. That was nice. But at the same time, I could tell that she was just laying on like plexiglass and just throwing clothes off of yeah, herself and just writhing some, around. There's some reflections visible in a couple shots. Well, it's like right up right. on her face, too. <laughs> It's like, what is, is it Barbarella and Barbarella's ghost <laughs> in the same movie? Very true. So she's full on naked and then she gets a call from like the president of Earth. 
with her mission. That's right. And he says that she needs to retrieve Dr. Duran Durand, hungry like the wolf. (laughs) I do wish that line would have been dropped in there. That would have made it better. uh, The Tau Chetty region, and he made this positronic ray, basically death ray, because it was the 60s. you got to have, you know, death gun or something. And they're afraid it will go in the wrong hands, so he sends Barbarella there. But he, you know, th- we find out that everybody's against violence. There's no violence, but he. Yes, because they use the word love like aloha. Yes. It's the, you know, it's hello and goodbye. Yes, yeah. And he decides he's going to load her up with weapons through this little transporter thing, and it kind of freaks her out. But he loads her up with a bunch of, like, you know, big guns and. and I canon stuff that she never fucking uses in the movie. <laughs> You're right. I don't. Does she ever use a the weapon in the movie? Pistol. Period. The little pistol. But they That's load right. up with these cool design guns. She there, there's something that has the, hands the, the, on the, it. I don't know. I don't want to know what that's used for. But, yeah, that's the the shocker I, weapon. I guess I don't know. But, has her with one of the guns posing. And you see, and you see one of the guns that she's holding, that covering up her breast. That's the only thing she uses the weapons for, is to cover up her chest. That we've already seen. The cat's out of the bag. Why are you being modest, well, Barbarella? The, of the U.S. hasn't seen them. Well, he saw. He saw him right away. He didn't care. He's like, oh, I, I didn't get changed. You caught me in a moment here. He's like, ah, it's all right. I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> He's like, look at you. You're '60s yeah. Jane Fonda. I'm kind of okay with this. <laughs> That'd be great if he said '60s Jane <laughs> yes. Fonda. Like, I don't care about the fourth wall. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here, right. folks. I'm the president, and I'm seeing some great and cans. He, he had this awkward like recording where it was like they obviously recorded his part maybe before they recorded or they filmed James Fonda's because his his eyes mm-hmm. are just what's he looking at? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, the eye line is completely off on this. Yes, it was. If you've ever seen this island Earth, it's kind of like the Anna Rossiter scene where they're talking to each other, like the, the aliens are talking to each other, and it just doesn't match up very well. It's uh, it's like that, but worse. They manage to go backwards with their technology in Barbarella <laughs> right. somehow. So they... Yeah. What? Oh, um, I, I want to talk about... Uh, well, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm uh, derailing here, but... There was something I noticed, uh, an ongoing theme throughout the movie is uh, the gross music. The, just like the like the opening when she's uh, taking off her clothes the, and is doing the strip tease and everything. And, like the horn choruses. Yeah. And the lyrics are, are gross. Like, like Bubarella, Sacadella. What the f- how hard did you work on those lyrics? That was ridiculous. Uh, 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 I'll, I'll say this about it, though, that at least it was like semi-appropriate for it, for that scene. There's other scenes in the movie where they do not uh, succeed at, uh, at that goal. It's, 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 that's what made it rough for me. But, I mean, I'm, I'm jumping around here. I'm sorry. Let's get, okay, let's get back into enough. it. I'm sorry. Um, so then she, it's like 154 hours away, so she cryosleeps? Yeah, did, I can't remember. Did she take a? She took like a pill or like, something, didn't she? She did. It she like did. Two yeah. Minutes passed the way they shot it, because she she lays down mm-hmm. on like the saran wrap surface, and and <laughs> she does. It's just an excuse yeah. for the camera, like to watch her just lay like smash against it. Yeah. But she lays down and she looks like but, she's having the hardest time getting comfortable. And they're like, "Well, it's time to get up, Barbarella. We're here." <laughs> That's right. Yeah, when she got into her, her plastic sheet of a bed it looked like she had to like do hump it to sleep is what it looked like she was, i mean she was really just getting comfortable but it's just it's just zoomed in from underneath so it looks like she's she goes at it for a moment before she like, passes I don't out understand yeah. that. like if she was fully nude during that i get why they put that in there it makes it's like it's yeah, like it was, going it was just the shower type thing for guys to look at but it's not she's like dressed yeah, with yeah. this like she's got like a hard top on at this point doesn't she so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's her, it's her second costume of the to movie. Do that kind yes. of sexy thing, but that would only work if she was nude. Yeah, or if like I don't know, if like the the outfit was able to move somehow. But it's not, it's hard plastic she's wearing. There's no give to this right. at all. It's ridiculous. So 
And also, when they, when they go through space, it, or when she goes into sleep, or whatever, you see space through her view screen. And this is the first time I think I've ever seen space where it wasn't stars. Right. And I don't, and I don't mean like you know, cool like like gas galaxies or something like that. It looks like it's just a big pile of corn syrup with like lights behind it. That's Let's all talk it about is. These view screens, since they they come up throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. They're shit. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking at here. It's not artsy to me. Like it's just like lava lamps and like really bad like yeah. film things. It just it doesn't feel like space sci-fi or another dimension. Anything. It just feels like lazy. Uh, like a big cat could walk by on one of them or something, and it'd be like. <laughs> Like, the makers of the movie must have thought, like, well, space, it looks like uh, oil and water, right? That's what it is. It's like they took they took a um, a container of salad dressing and just put a gel over it and just kind of flash some lights around it. That's kind of what right. it looks like. That's what space and looks like to them. It adds to the extreme cheapness of the movie. Because it doesn't yes. – it takes you out. It doesn't make you feel like you're involved with any of this. It's just – here's some – thing they put on a screen you know <laughs> like take a word for it it's not earth so it must be space right Ugh. so yeah. she she lands crash lands on yeah the navigation's just just i don't know the navigation just doesn't work for some reason there's no really explanation given it's just that oh it's the ship's freaking so out on uh, an ice surface and- and this crash, this crash landing might be suspenseful if it didn't have the uh, the groovy music playing right. underneath it. Again, they just completely kill any momentum they have for this movie with like super groovy music. So she lands there and she runs into these two girls, these two twin girls. Mm-hmm. They're creepy, and they. <laughs> They fill a rock with snow and throw it at her head, and I say, "Yeah, good job." <laughs> <laughs> it was just like it was just so out yeah. of nowhere. She's trying to talk to them with her tongue <laughs> box because that's what the translator is. It's called a tongue box, right? And yeah, just completely unmotivated. Like let's let's and get her. Put her on like a skiing thing with a, a squid, and then this just gets really sixties looking. Yeah, again with more groovy music yes. playing underneath it, but it's like groovy semi Christmas right. music playing because, like you said, they're on an ice planet. Yeah, yeah, and and here's the thing: it's not they don't just play this scene to where it's like, all right, we got to get from here to there, and that's it. Like they actually show you, they actually show them moving across the landscape. Like we don't care. It's like three minutes of just like super groovy tunes and them skirting with this <laughs> with this aquatic creature that's above the ground. And they take her to the, the remnants of Duran Duran's sh- ship and mm-hmm, they, yeah. there's a bunch of children and then they have these little dolls. Yeah, they decide that to, to tie Barbarella up and then there's a bunch of murder with, like, dolls. Metal fang teeth and they slowly walk up and they chop. And I got to say, I like this. <laughs> yes. Did I like you it. really? creepy about it. The chomping sound and stuff. I, I do like these. I like these dolls. I don't understand. What See, they, when I. They, just, if you want to kill her, just <laughs> kill her. But. Yeah, you've already got her tied up. Like, why are all these children like weak ass Bond villains? It's so strange. I do like the look of the dolls are a bit creepy enough for me, and the idea of what's going on here. But yeah, I did, I did like the dolls for a bit. But the dolls, they get to bite up Barbarella, who, who I may say, heals really fast in this movie all the time. You're absolutely right. Like as soon as like this scene is over, she's been chewed up by these dolls. I mean, not like badly because these things take their sweet time getting to her, and they really just more or less rubbing their faces on her thighs is kind of what the dolls do. So you just have to take your word for like, okay, she's injured, and there's some you know blood smeared on her or whatever. But yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. The next scene, totally fine. She gets rescued by this guy in this fully first suit named Mark Hand. Yes, he's the catchman. catchman. And he just catches kids that are astray. And he fixes her ship. And he's got a like a sailboat type ship of his own. 
and she's like, mm-hmm. he wants repaid with some sex. But as we learned, yeah. sex uh, uh, is uh, dirty uh, and savagery in Barbarella's future. But he wants he wants it old school. <laughs> That's right. Here's basically the conversation that they had. Barbarella says, "Oh, th- you know, thank you for the lift." And the catchman says, uh, let's yes. help. I'm positive I could get you some sort of recompense from my government. I mean, if, if there's anything you need or that I can do, please tell me. Well, you could let me make love to you. Make love, did you say? Yes. What do you mean? You don't even know my psychocardiogram. Huh? Well, on Earth, for centuries, people haven't made love unless their psychocardiogram readings were in perfect confluence. <laughs> I know nothing of that. You asked me what you can do for me, and I told you. Well, all right, but I don't see what good it will do. That's basically. Yeah, and, basically and then he takes off is. his hairy and, uniform, or does he? That's <laughs> right. He pulls down isn't his Wookiee suit to reveal another Wookiee suit underneath. Man, that guy is it's hairy. So, is thick. It is it it is Austin Powers scale hair. It's, it was hairier than that. It it's, honestly it's was parody worthy hairy, but ta- but it's his chest. Yeah, this whole movie feels at some point a parody is about to start, but they just never decided to do it. That's what this movie feels like to me. It's parodying a movie that hasn't been made because it's the parody movie. It's I don't know. <laughs> you, no, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. It's, it's, ahead of its time so they, unintentionally they bone. we don't see it but we get to watch the boat do circles around barbarella's ship and that down 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 song yeah more groovy tunes so we play get cheated as they, as we don't bone. see a thing we just sit and wait for the boat to stop and then now barbarella is singing high-pitched yeah it turns out that barbarella loves dick <laughs> she likes it so so you know who knew? She didn't know. No, now it's, that's what that's what happens when you meet unusual people. So so, so then she he's the hand she offers. You know, hey, you want to come with me? He's like, no, nah, I'm I'm cool. So he got what he, he needed. Asked, so that's all he wants. And she's on her way out. She could stop back by. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> says, sure. Why not? It, he's already like saying like he's trying to get a booty call. Like uh, like a future booty call. That's what he's trying right. to do. Uh, so she, she. So so what's ahead of its yeah. time? What do you know? So she flies her ship up and then crashes right into the uh, the ice because uh, the the catchman he he fixed the ship but he didn't fix it correctly. So instead of flying up, it flew down and she had to drill through the she planet, go, she right? The planet and then she she lands. Her ship is once again broken. It looks like in the same spot, and then something shakes, and she guess what? She gets unco- knocked unconscious again. Within twenty yeah, minutes, yeah. Oh, yeah. of this movie, she's been she slept like three times and crashed her ship twice. Changed her outfit three yes. times. Yeah. So she gets there. No, no, no. This is her, this is her fourth outfit coming out because she when she left the catchman, she was wearing like a skunk outfit. And right. then it even had a tail and then she changed out of that. And then yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. That's yeah. So she's on her fourth outfit right by now. So then she's, she's upon the labyrinth, which conceptually and looks, I think it looks cool. Yeah. I think that was, I, um, this is the first part of the movie where the music actually matches the scene because the, the labyrinth looks really dark and dismal and the music actually matched that because it was full of people that were like encased like partially encased right. in this rocks good ideas here on display i i'm a i like matte paintings from back then i think they look really cool mm-hmm, the maze mm-hmm. part uh, some of the people look really creepy they're like kind of naked kind of not they're they look cool yeah they're covered some of them are co- covered in spider webs yeah, and yeah. Or just webs. We don't know if they're from, from and spiders. And she meets Pygar, who's a blind angel. Yes, and the... guess what? He sucks. <laughs> Not no, a fan of Pygar, just... huh? I don't know. I don't like the it, Pygar. It, you could have... It, it, it's like a mannequin delivering lines. It's what it is. And he thinks and he's awesome, too. Because... You can see that guy in his head high-fiving himself after every delivery. There are some times where he almost like slightly smirks because he 
and it does come off as like, man, I'm just killing it. I, I man, I am Pygar. If, if he wasn't blind, he could look at the camera. <laughs> they probably had to make him blind so he wouldn't look <laughs> into the camera. It's like, no, no, you're blind. You can't move your eyes around a whole bunch. Like, are you sure? Like, yeah, we know what we're doing. Just, 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 just shut up and deliver the lines, so pretty he, boy. Oh, Pygar! Yeah, he, he, he's a uh, lost the will to fly. He's the angel with wings that can't fly. But he has a guy he can fix her ship named Professor Ping. Played by Marcel yeah, Marceau. First ever speaking role because he's a world famous mime kids. That's what that's what he was <laughs> back in the day. He played silent characters. Yeah. I didn't even realize that was him until I looked it up. Yeah, I knew I saw his name in the credits, but I'm like, which who's playing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well you you're used to seeing him under pounds of grease right, paint, so much. Uh, some black guards attack, uh, and Pygar saves Barbarella. He doesn't even ask, so she bones him. Oh, Pygar! <laughs> In his well, they, bird well, nest, she's like, which we don't see. <laughs> yeah, she was, uh, well, she, you know, when uh, the professor's like, I'm going to fix this, and then she says, why don't you take me back to your place? She immediately wants yes. more dick. Immediately. And- Hey, winged man. But it's good, because he can fly <laughs> now. Yeah, exactly. She, He found the will to fly again, and she's there singing again, playing, uh, having some feathers rubbed against her face in her dirty, mossy nest that she will probably get a yeast infection because she humped in a yeah, dirty nest. A bird nest. Ugh, it, yeah. Maybe she could, maybe she uh, would fall victim to the birdemic. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she convinces Pygar that they can f- skip the maze to get to Sogo. Th- that's where they're going. Sogo, this town. Yeah, that's where uh, Duran, Duran Duran is, is supposed is to under, be. His great tyrant has him capture the ruler. Yeah, the, yeah, the great tyrant. That that's the person that rules Sogo. Yes. yes. So they fly, and then there's these ships that come to attack them. And Barbarella, she's mm-hmm. got her one weapon, that little pistol, and it's apparently got an energy bar attached to her boot, but in a, mm-hmm. do we call it an action sequence? She shoots them all down because I couldn't tell what the heck was going on. Like, the geography on this was yeah. horrible. Like, I could tell she was shooting yeah, and, what w- she was, and who she was attempting to shoot at, but man. Yeah, like, you could tell, you couldn't tell anything. You could tell that they were all not on the ground, is all that you could tell. And, of course, uh, more funky Tom Jones-esque music playing right. underneath it, which, again, completely undercuts the tone, murders any kind of suspense or, or, or fun about this oh, about this movie. Yeah. And I think, <sighs> honestly, part of what I don't like about Pygar, he sucks at flying, too. The effects on the flying, I know it's 1968, but I'm pretty sure that... These are poor for 1968, even. When I see he a movie, me he's flying. I, I think that's part of the problem here. Is while yes, you may mm-hmm. be going for camp, you may be going for comedy, but I don't believe a lot of these people are in the situations they're in or in the movie they're in. They don't know how to sell us on these things. If they're not selling yeah. it to us, I'm not buying anything they're intending. And I, even Jane Fonda is not good at it. When when I see a movie like this, I am so glad that Star Wars uh, came to be because this is what passed for sci-fi before Star Wars uh, but existed. You mu- this same year that Barbarella came out, we also got 2001, A Space Odyssey, and the first Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah, that's so, true. Hmm. And a lot of the ones but, before Barbarella weren't this crappy. Or if they were, there was a charm to them. People committing themselves to this just seems like a couple pricks in your high school making fun of what you like this, i mean honestly <laughs> yeah yeah it, it also it reminded me uh a lot of flash gordon uh it, it's like i'm trying to think of how to put this flash gordon is like barbarella but with a budget that's what it's like okay and it, and with better music yes. fair <laughs> enough okay we'll we'll move along they get to Sogo, and there's a, just a dead body laying there in this community. Yeah. Just, Pygar gets taken away. Oh, Pygar! These two dudes 
because just because, just because. these two dudes push Barbarella into a corner and like yeah, they, they throw her into the in- inflatable pillow right, corner yeah. guess <laughs> what's city. happening but then she's saved by the one-eyed wench was that what her name Called was the one-eyed wench all right all right cool design cool character look yeah and like when i saw her i'm like okay is she coming back or all right well that was nothing because barbarella just immediately walked away from her like all right thanks maybe they did something together i mean she comes back later yeah she was just too unusual for her not to mean something right more because she kept calling barbarella her pretty pretty and i'm like okay this woman's out of her mind we got to see her later voice oh that was like almost yeah, it chalk made it, nails on a chalkboard every time she talked. It made it more unsettling somehow. She's, no, it didn't talk. She, the, the actress didn't talk. It <laughs> sounded a lick like that. There's no, there, no, you're absolutely right. There's no the, the, way. The actress playing, it was dubbed by Joan Greenwood, but the actress who played, we find out later that she is the great tyrant herself, but played the one I wish is Anita Pollenberg, and she apparently... Had was romantically involved with Brian Jones and Keith Richards in the Rolling Stones, and has two of Keith Ugh. Richards' children. Yes. No way! Yes. Oh my she, god, that's she, gross. She sung backup vocals on some other tracks. I think on "Sympathy for the Devil," oh she sung my. backup. There's she's got a big history with the Rolling Stones. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. But this is her biggest, aside from that, her biggest claim to fame. So they get she meets up back. So, with Pygar again? Yeah, she she hears screaming in the distance. She delivers the fantastic line, a good many dramatic situation begin with screaming. Yeah. The most like, what? It's like she needed to look into the camera and wink and go, get ready, gang, something's about like, to happen. You think, like, Jane Fonda had been one of those, she had to have some hand in writing this movie, right? Like, it, it reeks of her <laughs> having involvement. Yeah, she, because the dialogue she is seems poor. Way too proud of this to not have had a hand in some sort of creative. Department. I bet that was the trade-off. Uh, was like, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll show my boobs for like three seconds if I can write some of the dialogue. And they're like, great, Jane Fonda, we just want to see you naked. This is the '60s. You're the hottest thing around. Right. There's <laughs> millions of teenage boys pleasure themselves to you. Great, let's all do right. it. She pulls Pygar away from the uh, from this group of pe- these people that are just feeling him up right. for some reason, and it, they go into like the the chamber of final solution, which underneath it is um, Mathmos, this being that lives in the underneath this planet. It's which is just a big bunch of goop. right, and it's evil, and it controls yeah, Sogo. <laughs> It's right. It loves evil and it eats people. And like this scene solely exists, I think, just to show that Math Moss is there. They could have done that like in the movie. Just There's so many times where Math Moss is in the movie. They could have picked one of those times just to explain it, not just so someone can, someone that we don't know, have them die and then have Barbarella and Pygar be in faux danger until the concierge shows up. Right. He takes him to meet the great tyrant, who is the one-eyed witch! And meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. randomly standing there, Pygar is netted up. Oh, Pygar! Yeah, it's so weird. It just comes out of nowhere. It's like when Poochie goes back to his home planet. That's what it looks <laughs> like. They, they're all about having the... Pygar because the great tyrant wants to bone Pygar just like Barbarella did yes. and the concierge takes Barbarella and puts her in a bird cage where mm-hmm. she gets pecked at by birds yeah pecked at where a, a row of birds rest comfortably on her butt right. and this thighs this isn't Tippi Hedren <laughs> with Alfred Hitchcock terrorizing her on the set of the birds this is comfortable attacked this is a, a a woman with a bunch of parakeets rubbing up against her, and we just have to take her like the movie's word for it that they're sinister birds, right? Uh, so, but she escapes because there's a trap door in there, which leads her to this like resistance leader's lair. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just remembered that the great tyrant. She wants this. This is the most ridiculous thing. 
uh, omit the most ridiculous thing, but she wants to hump Pygar, and he doesn't understand that. So she's just like, ah, screw it. Throw him uh, to Mathmos. Uh, he's dead now. <laughs> well, it, what? It just comes from just out of nowhere. And he nowhere. delivers those wonderful lines like he does. Like, oh, angels don't make love. We are love. Hi, Garth. And, and that's the... <laughs> and like that's the line that makes her like, all right, forget it. Just throw him to Mathmos. Like, what? <laughs> you got... It's not a lot of determination for someone that's a right. tyrant. And then, okay, so meanwhile, we get to meet Dildano. Yeah, when I saw that the the name Dildano is in the opening credits, I was so excited. Like, okay, this can't be bad <laughs> if there's a guy named Dildano was, in this uh, movie. Originally played by Antonio Sabato, the father of Antonio Sabato Jr., for those of us 90s people who got enough of him. Um, but he played the role too seriously, so they fired him, and they replaced him with David Hemmings, who I know from a little movie called Blow Up, which is pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, and he was in Dario Argento's Deep Red, which is a pretty good little thriller, but he is Dildano, and yeah, he lives up to that name. And it's another person wearing a cape. I think this movie was partially funded by Big Cape. Because, I know it's the 60s, but there are an exorbitant amount of capes in this movie. Barbarella is ready to bone him, but he did, he wants the Earth way. That's right. She wants, she uh, wants oh, what was it? He wants help with the resistance against uh, the great tyrant. And uh, if she helps capture Duran Duran, that her government will reward him. And then he says, uh, should I tell you what I would like? So, so something, something like that. It's like, come on, you know it. You know why you're here. That's <laughs> it's basically what yeah. he says. So she, you know, yeah, she lays down and braces for it. But like you said, the sex, sex pill. pill. He goes nuts trying to find, and they they take it, and they just because he's yeah, no savage. He's no savage, and they put their hands together, and she she, she sits down. Yeah, they with, sit down, and her hair curls. Yeah, I mean, well, what they do, like, they, 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 they place their hands against each other like in a prison movie, you know, when they're separated by the, the viewing glass. And then they kind of, like, twitch. It's like a, like a twitchy hump, kind of, that they're sitting, like, on the edge of a bed. And then, like you said, like, her hair curls. And I guess that means that she's I think, yeah, done, I think she finishes I first because she realizes that he's still there and that that mode and puts her hand back up and it's like oh sorry and then his hair curls too yeah it was kind of like a detail like what who cares <laughs> i mean i'm glad that they showed something to indicate that they're done but at the same time i don't know why she finished first and then he was just like sitting there twitching by himself and she's like oh right i'm selfish and went back <laughs> and helped him out again although apparently after you, uh, after you're finished, uh, you're aware of your surroundings because, but when you're actually in the mode of the sex pill, you don't, you're not aware of anything else happening around right. you. And she gets another change of clothes. <laughs> I think this is, uh, is this the fifth one? I think it's the fifth set. I think. So she is going to be with the resistance, but then she gets sucked up by Duran Duran. Yes, that's right, yeah. Well, no, she didn't get sucked up by Duran Duran. She just gets... Well, he's the concierge still. Right, right, right. But we, she leaves Dildano's area by getting but sucked up into a tube. I don't think she's supposed to get like, a, sucked up to where she's going because he, he tries to grab her back. And then, and then hmm, she winds okay. up in the concierge, his little lair, and he puts her in the excessive machine. Yes. Yes. Well, but, but what's so funny is that they, she walks up. She's sitting next to a man hookah. Right. Yes. Because that's what yes. it was. There's a giant hookah with a man in it, and all these women smoking the <laughs> essence is, of man. What is it? Essence of man. Essence of man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the concierge just walks up to her. And he's and he's not even like remotely upset that she escaped because that's what it is. Like, oh, you escaped the birds, huh? That's ah, all right. Come with me. He's like, what well, are you sure? Like, he's like, no, it's fine. Let's let's get out of here. 
like that it's like that nonchalant I've got about playing it. B's through the rest of the alphabet, so come on with me. <laughs> Ain't no thing. That was the concierge's <laughs> ah! attitude. But yeah, so he puts her in the excessive machine, which is basically the fuck machine. Yeah, it's like an organ that is connected to her, but she's like in a I don't know, she's got like a tarp, and then there's like things that I don't know, where we guess that like rub against her and somehow I don't know, like like uh, I don't know how I, this thing I, works, I, but she is loving it. Uh, yeah, she she is super into it, and you know she says it feels good. And this guy, you know, he's working up a sweat playing the organ right. to get her to you know die from pleasure. Thing, my dear. Sonata for executioner and various young women. Mm. Oh, uh, it's sort of nice, isn't it? Yes, it is nice in the beginning. And it gets to a point where she's like, I can't tell if she's into it or asleep. And at that point, the uh, excessive machine, it starts to catch fire and just completely blow up around her. Right. She discovers after that that the concierge is Duran Duran and the the Mathmos has aged him faster. Yeah, because he's supposed to be 25. When she's looking for him, she uh, she gets a picture of him, but she can't see his, his face. face. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, he's supposed to be 25, but this guy is like in his 50s, yeah. I'd say, something like that. But, so yeah. they go to find the great tyrant, and because uh, Duran Duran is not this good guy trap that we think he is, he's he wants he's waiting for the tyrant to get bumped off at the right time so he can take over. Yeah, and that, that's like his plan, I guess, is that she dies and then he gets Sogo, and then eventually, like when he gets to it, he'll try to take over Earth. Is that what his plan I'm not was? Sure, but they go to they go to take Barbarella to the the great tyrant and we forgot that she has the invisible key from Dil- yes. mm-hmm. Diladana, Diltano, Diltano and it opens an invisible wall which means they ran out of money <laughs> so what they did to show, so to show the key opening this invisible door they, it looks like they just had like just some water that I they think just, is what they were looking for like a keyhole in the wall. But if you just throw it in a puddle, yeah. it opens the door. And how could you not know that? It makes it makes total space sense. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So it's it's the tyrant's uh, what like dream cave or it's something like dream room or whatever the place where she rests and sleeps. And it's the only place that she can be safe and where the uh, Math Moss won't devour her because uh, Math Moss loves evil and, you know, the tyrant. She's a tyrant. By definition, you are evil. Correct. And so Duran Duran locks her up and he's going to the ceremony to be crowned because she's not there for five yeah, everyone, Yeah, everyone just accepts it, I guess. Like, no, no, she's, uh, she's gone. Uh, I'm in charge now. Everyone's like, all right, great. So there's a coronation ceremony, which is, as far as I can tell, is him wearing a cape and having a crown, crown put on him. crown is just like one horn on a helmet, and they just yeah. can't uh, get it oh, down that, on his head. Things keep interrupting, like I want, Dildano. I I wonder if like his crown, if they borrowed that from the tyrant's earlier wig, when when Barbarella f- first meets the tyrant and knows it's the tyrant, she's wearing a wig, but there's like a huge right. horn coming at the middle of it, like it's like it's a narwhal wig. Right, and yeah, so interrupting this ceremony is not Barbarella getting free; it's Dildano and the revolution. It's- yeah, they took like the weapons from Barbarella's ship, and they 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 make it through the labyrinth, which I thought like no one can make it through, but apparently all of these downtrodden people figured out how to get through it. It's supposed to be this big somehow. battle, but it like involves like six people. <laughs> yes, and some the, some like suits of armor that are just like on a stick. 
<laughs> exactly. Duran Duran uses oh, what the heck is it? The uh, his ray, whatever it's called. The uh, it's not important. His ray to kill all these people. So it's really not even like a and kill, fight, including Dildano. He gets it. Yeah, exactly. Like like every character that you might recognize or know, they just eat it here through no fight. It's completely. It's, it's this most anticlimactic battle maybe in cinema history. It's, it's right. garbage, and it's just, it's him like the weapon. This ray thing. They never really define what the heck it does. It said something about deminimalizing stuff to the fourth dimension, whatever that means. Because when I hear deminimalize, I think that was the word they used. That to me, that means it makes something bigger. It takes something that was small and then makes it bigger. <laughs> but but apparently, it turns them into like green vapor, and they just disappear. Apparently, that's what it means. It, it's unexplainable. Like a lot of this, and and like and like the the console for it. How useless was that console? It all it was was just a bunch of like clear glass or plastic. Everything's all different shapes. Nothing is labeled right. at all. How could a, a PlayStation controller has better labeling than and this? Just know how to use it. Like whenever people do like control space devices in this movie, they look so unconfident in themselves. Like they're in a movie trying to control a space thing that no one instructed them on how to control. Just just act it. Yeah, like, hey, I figured I'd just get up, go up there and twiddle the knob. It's right. fine. So, in order to counter this, the great tyrant says, Mathmos, I will unleash you over Sogo. She doesn't really say it like that, but that's what she does. And then, like, a bubble forms over the bed that her and Barbarella are on, and they float yes, away. Yes, because, because Barbarella is too innocent for uh, for Mathmos to eat. It's protecting itself The woman who has her. boned herself not- all the way here is... <laughs> I, not, not just that, but burned out a sex machine. The thing, it couldn't handle Barbarella, and somehow she's innocent. The fu- the future's a different place, I guess. Innocence is defined differently in the future. Um, so they uh, that does away with Duran, Duran, uh, Sogo, and then Pygar's laying. Poor Pygar. Oh, Pygar! Face down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the tyrant, she, yeah, that's right, she unleashes... Mathmos, and then it's just like it just kind of globs over the right. city, yeah. right? It's and just... Tyrant's like, "Why don't you mouth to mouth him?" And Barbarella says, "I got an idea," and she just like flaps the wings. <laughs> like, what is that? Apparently, he br- <laughs> he breathes through his wings or something, and that like brings him those, back like, to life. Things with the fireplace that you. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the bellows, yeah. exactly. So Pygar wakes up, unfortunately, and flies him away and Barbarella's mad she brought the tyrant and he's like an angel has no memory and then we get more fantastic music as the credits roll yeah more more groovy music plays underneath while a town is literally devoured by a giant goop monster this is supposed to be our happy ending <laughs> just... and, and by the way the uh, the sky that they're flying in, unconvincingly, it looked exactly like Mathmos, right. this big goopy right. creature. Like 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 space, the sky, and Mathmos all look the, the same. The rear projection backgrounds and s- s- cockpit monitor screens all suck in this movie. I'm sorry, I just I can't get into them. I like I yeah, like, like lava lamps like the other guy, but that's not. Like literally, a a black background with white Christmas lights would look better than any of the space stuff in this movie. It's freaking awful. I I I don't know who to be more upset with: the special effects people or the people that did the music. I don't know because yeah, there's movie like this just doesn't look like people tried. That, that's the thing with some of some of these effects. Like there's movies where you know they put their heart into it and you can deal with the effects or you can you can laugh at what they had to deal with but this one just like us look we did it it's it's like they're saying like all right they they got the idea it's not important yeah i just don't get because the costume design is there there's things to appreciate there there's sets that look really good i mean there's matte paintings too of course there's they, they, they have to have a good costume design because barbarella changes her costume seven times right 
Women women who host the Oscars don't change their dress seven times, and that's a lot longer True. than this movie is. But yeah, there's there's I mean things there's some sets that look good. I think her ship kind of sucks. Uh, the outside of it, her ship makes zero right. sense. Her cockpit makes more sense than the outside of this thing. It's like a pink wobbly like it's like like one of those things like you have to like like a children's toy where like all right this is the shape match the shape up to this hole that's what it looks like but then they got three big bulging gray balloon things on the side of it and i guess those are the engines or the exhaust or something yeah it doesn't make sense i think this could be the worst designed spaceship in all of science fiction, I really think it could yeah, be. It'll earn a it'll earn a spot in the conversation for sure without having to do any research. <laughs> so now that 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 uh, Math Moss is out or it is out, does that mean like everybody's I dead? Think in the like, city, not, not at least that in the city. city, everyone's dead. But but, but this thing like it's it. like yeah yeah it's like the whole center of the planet or it's like just underneath the I think, surface. I think it was so. Of the whole planet, I thought, I thought it was right? Just controlling the city. Hmm. I don't know. Because t- to me, it seems like this thing is free. It's no longer underneath the surface, and it's just like, well, I'm here, so it will just eat everyone. And I imagine it won't be sight. content with uh, just taking that city now that it's free. I'm sure it will move its way. Get our poor Mark Hand. Yeah. And and how about um, that reveal? of the concierge she's actually Duran Duran this another I don't know what's more anticlimactic like that or like his death because it's just like <laughs> both were kind of like oh <sighs> okay it's like, like no no it's me it, 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 it's me it's, it reminds me of the uh, the reveal of Doctor Doom in the new Fantastic Four movie where it's like oh yeah by the way uh, I'm the bad guy <laughs> what <laughs> okay I guess I mean, there were no clues that I could see leading me to believe from the first time we saw him till till we got further in that it was him. There were yeah, you're right. There was there was no looking glance. There was no like secret uh, level of uh, of hate or or evil. It was just like ah, eh, it's me. Eh, anyway, I'm gonna kill you now. What? It's like it's like if Norm Macdonald was a villain. Like, yeah, it was me, huh? <laughs> All right. That would have made it a much better movie. <laughs> I would have watched Norm MacDonald and Barbarella. If somehow we can invent a time machine and make that happen, that would help it a lot, yes. Hello, pretty, pretty. And now we'll move on to bonus features. Bonus features is where we pick a couple things from the IMDb trivia page and discuss them a little and call them out whether we think they're BS or not. Uh, first, I have that Dildano's password, forgive me, land figure wiggle it's a really mm-hmm. long word, is the name of a real village in Wales, United Kingdom. Unsurprisingly, it's the longest place name in the United Kingdom. I would be surprised. Rised if that's it's real. real. I looked. It, it is up. real. Yes, they, they no way. Shortened it up, but it's, uh-huh. that's the full name of it. And there's two shorter ways of saying or writing it, but it's real. Why would anyone name anything that ever? I have no idea. A joke, maybe, and it happened on a drunk night, or yeah, exactly. The 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 city planner, like he lost a bet. Like, oh, all right, I gotta write a bunch of gibberish. This is our town now. Oh, you got me. Yeah, you'll never find us. No one will speak of this place <laughs> because they can't. Right. We also have, speaking of cities, Sogo, the evil city Barbarella travels to, is an Old Testament biblical reference to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, that wow. makes sense because as soon as you as soon as they walk into the city, you see uh, like like S and M stuff happening, like people like hanging from the ceiling and and leather and stuff. Like like it it does look like a, like an orgy is about to break out or it just ended. It's kind of what it looks like. As soon as you walk into the city, yeah, easily that one works. And even though the titles of the film are credited to Arcady, 
They were actually designed by the original Bond titles designer, Maurice Binder. Binder's credits, along mm. with the music credits, were part of the original rough cut of the film. The titles can be seen on the streaming version on Amazon Instant Video, which I'm mm. not going to pay money to find that out. <laughs> Just take your word for it. I guess they kind of, knowing a lot about the James Bond films, they, the lettering and their movements kind of resemble Thunderball which would have come out a few years before this. Yeah, yeah, I, I do see that. I, I'll say this. I would rather watch uh, Jane Fonda take her clothes off than the opening of any Bond movie. Because they just, I don't know, those always kind of creep me out a little bit. It doesn't feel, uh, it just feels weird. I don't I like them. it. Anyways. <laughs> Hello, pretty, pretty. Okay, that's bonus features. Now it's time to rate the movie. Uh, as always, at the end of the film, we'll rate our movie. Whether in our since we're a cult-based podcast, we kind of keep it themed like that. Our options are: you can stay with your family, which means if you didn't like the movie, you want nothing more to do with it. You're not buying in. You're content with where you are. Converted, which means you did like the movie, you enjoy it, you can see what people like about it. And then there's Drink of the Kool-Aid, which means you are all about this movie. You're going to tell the entire world, the entire galaxy, and you will, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna drink the whole punch bowl. So, Cullen, how do you rate Barbarella? I will stay with my family. I do not understand why this is a classic. I, I don't understand why on IMDb there are multiple people that have rated it 10. I... I think it's a complete waste of time and I want I want the time I spent watching this back. I didn't like it. I didn't like this movie. Okay. Uh, for me, this is the third time I've watched Barbarella. I think it's got things in it to appreciate. I think the costume design on it's pretty awesome. I think some of the sets look great. It's got some things that you would think would intrigue me with a cult film. But I honestly, as I've always felt with the movie, it's a it's a magazine shoot, an awesome photo spread that wound up becoming a film that doesn't really work. The sci-fi in the movie sucks. The campiness of the film doesn't work for me, and the humor is awful. I, yes. I've never been able to get through this movie. I watched it for this, and I did my best to say, hey, I'm not going to fall asleep to it this time. I fell asleep again and had to do it in two sittings. I... I I, can't. Yeah, I, I had like I had some energy drink. I, I had it setting out just in case. I had a feeling I was going to fall asleep. I, I thankfully didn't have to use it, but I'm in. The, I was in the so same I've boat. I've never been able to get through this movie. I think Jane Fonda in her costumes is definitely sexy icon iconography, but the film's not worth mm -hmm. watching to see it. You can just look at the pictures online. Nowadays we have online. You don't need to watch this movie. You can see the best thing of it. Just look up some pictures. And, and they cut out yeah. some of the, like, there was supposed to be her and the Great Tyrant were supposed to have a sexual encounter. They cut that from the movie. Yeah, and that footage is just, just gone. No one's yeah. ever seen this it. This movie wants to be, thinks it's ballsy and promiscuous, maybe, and with, the, with being a big movement for woman empowerment or whatever, but I don't think it is. I think she's submitting about every time she's trying to have sex with somebody. I think a movie that came out actually the same year trying to tackle the same stuff that's very much more successful and doesn't isn't sci-fi at all is a movie little movie called up the junction from the same year which i really like um if you're looking mm. for stuff that you think barbarella might do because it for like a women in film type movie watch that instead because hey, you're right she really is submissive in this movie i mean she you know obviously enjoys uh sex but it's never really her initiating yeah. it. It's she's, always like, it's time for sex. And she's like, ooh, she's goody. Forced, she likes it, but she's forced into about every situation she has. I've read conflicting interviews with the director, her, and everything saying, like, oh, no, it's supposed to be that way. or that. But then at the time being like, oh, no, it's, it's female movements, whatever, with sex. And I just, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I guess it showed a woman enjoying sex, I guess. 
guess I, maybe that was a step yeah. forward. Like I, mean, I don't know. As much of a failure as this movie was, both financially and critically at the time it came out, it did boost Jane Fonda's career. Like she took off after this. She won an Oscar like three years later for Clute. <laughs> Which is a better Jane Fonda movie to watch, folks. She's I don't think she's good in this movie. I think she looks good, but she's not good. I think she doesn't sell anything. I never believe she's in it. She's kinda I kinda feel like she's just oh, I can do this and fails. I think no one is good in this movie. No Dildano Dildano gives the he gives the best acting performance in this movie. And his name is Dildano. He wears a cape. And he has chains on him. Yeah, I, I like Dildano too. He's probably my favorite. Um, yeah, the movie, if you're a kid looking to get away with something, there's nothing in this movie ex- except for no, uh, all absolutely boob not. at the beginning of the movie. So I'm so glad that uh, society has advanced enough to, like, it's like, if we're going to show nudity, we're going to do it. Nothing like this. Either you're in or you're out. Right. But yeah, the, Jane Fonda, this also could have been Bridget Bardot or Sophia Loren, who both passed on the movie. Oh, um, man. So if, if, if Sophia Loren was in it, I would have been much more interested in watching it. What, what would you think about a, a remake of Barbarella? Do you think this is something you'd venture again if it was handled with a modern director and you know modern effects, a bigger budget? I think that this would be a movie that would be good for a remake because they didn't make it correctly the Which first time. Which is what a remake's supposed to be. In this yeah, day exactly. it's not. Like with, it's name rec- recognition, yeah. which this does have as branding. Like, you know, like with like a, the, the Fly, the original movie, not great. And then Cronenberg uh, came in, completely, you know, did it right or did it better anyway. And it made it took the basic idea, made something even better out of it. And I think that could be done so with this. This has been since the nineties. I guess they tried to make a sequel, but Jane Fonda could never come to an agreement about it. But since the nineties, they have been trying to do something. Apparently they were gonna do a sequel in the nineties with Bridget Fonda as Barbarella. Okay. Uh, I always liked her, I think she's a big fan. Then it moved on to being a remake, and Drew Barrymore's name was a, mm. a name throwing out for the role, and Sherilyn Fenn, mm-hmm. who at the time was hot off the Twin Peaks stuff. And then it got to we got to the 2000s, and around the Grindhouse time, Robert Rodriguez took on the project and was and he cast Rose McGowan in it. But once he cast her. The budget started going down, and not a lot of people were willing to take on because you know, she didn't have box office. I think Rose McGowan would be great, but yeah, it was a box office problem. And then Robert Rodriguez left it like in 2009, and it's there was a rumor of a TV show, but it's just been gone. So there's been activity and people wanting to bring this back, but yeah, I think if it were to be made now. I would actually think about Sofia Vergara actually in it, like either that or like the Great Tyrant, or or, or a a role similar to that. I think she would be. I, I don't mean, know. I honestly feel like we kind of got it in the '90s because I mean, essentially, Barb Wire is like the '90s oh. version of this. I mean, you have. Does she ever have sex in Barb Wire? Naked. She, no, you never see her oh, naked that's in right. it. That was like a big, like you know, like every poster of this thing has got her her chest hanging out. But the actual movie, okay. no nudity, which is dumb because she's posed nude several but times. She's trying to be a serious I, I don't, star with sexiness. Oh, well, that. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was like a, a female booby comic turned movie with a, a trying to launch somebody. Which it, I feel like Barb Wire was the '90s rendition of Barbarella. I don't know which one's worse. Maybe we'll find out Ugh, one day. I hope not. I, I did see Barbara, uh, not Barbara. I did see Barb Wire opening weekend in the theater. I don't remember a thing from it. <laughs> That's probably yes. for the best. Uh, but yeah, so Barbarella, they've threatened someday, maybe. <laughs> That's right, threatened. That's the accurate word for it. Threatened yes. to make maybe another one. Maybe there will be a modern one. Hello, pretty, pretty. 
On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Vibrations, the 1996 film starring Christina Applegate, Paige Turco, and Twin Peaks' James Marshall. The film can be found on DVD and Netflix if you're interested in watching before the episode posts. So this episode has come to an end. We appreciate you for joining us. And we appreciate you even more if you were able to brave it yes, through this movie. Barbara, if you watch Barbarella in, in anticipation for this, we we are grateful. I tr- trust me, the movie you're watching for the next episode's way better, much more entertaining. I, well, I, I would say it can't be worse, but I've seen worse movies than Barbarella. Believe it or Barbarella not, Barbarella is a big one that we wanted to hit right away. It's neither a, a favorite of ours, as you could tell, but you know. People want to hear us talk about stuff like Barbarella. So thank you again for joining us. We look forward to next time, but first stay tuned for the trailer to next week's film, Vibrations, the trailer that actually trails. Get ready for some listening to cult cinema cavalcade you can find more of cullen's work on the a touch of crass podcast also found on the dead radio entertainment network and on twitter at my name is cullen you can find my work at naptown nerd and i also post reviews on whysoblue.com my twitter handle is at dbt peters our producer is brad shoemaker podcast edited by brandon theme song pink baby by happy elf found on the freemusicarchive.org website the movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended please join us again in two weeks for our next episode of cult cinema cavalcade